We hope you enjoyed this presentation from Design Research 2018. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. Um, my name's Lee, and um, I've been coughing my way through this uh, through the day, so I've, I've got the hand held in case I need to cough during this talk. Um, wrong way. So my talk today is uh, four tips to winning at research with uh, internal users, and I work at the MBN. And um, this presentation actually has a bit of a journey because I've been sick for the last uh, 10 days. I didn't get it to the legal department until very late in the piece. And so at four o'clock yesterday, it was very similar actually to Leo's uh, in that I had a whole lot of movie references and they came back to me and said, um, you're going to have to take all of those out. So, I know, as a designer, I thought, well, this is a perfect opportunity to turn a constraint into a feature. <laughs> and, uh, and so, I drew my own. <laughs> and so, just like Leo's, you get a prize if you can tell me what movies that they came from, but I've added a level of complexity. Um, but, uh, so, I joined the MBN uh, about uh, in October last year. And they'd just gone through a transition to SAFE, um, Scaled Agile um, Frameworks. And I joined a team that had about 100, 120, maybe 10, 12 teams of uh, delivery teams and, no, and had never had any UX. And I joined them as a team of one. So um, the other thing, and I guess the reason for this, um, this image, is I joined the network assurance team, which is um, a fantastic area of the, of the business. And um, a friend of mine who told me about the job was saying, it's just like a minority report where they've got all these different, you know, computers. When I got there, I felt like it was a bit more like Apollo 11 from <laughs> the 70s. It's, it's not quite like this, but you'll see some photos later on. Um, but it is exciting. It's a team that works 24-7 to ensure that the network is up and running. Um, that it's a very complex and technical domain, which um, is a particular area that I'm quite passionate about, especially when it's in enterprise systems. And so it's all internal users. And so in order for do, to do a task, a single user might end up using six to ten systems within that one task. And in the MBN they have a name for this called swivel chairing. I don't know if you've called it that, heard of that before. But it's going between uh, you know, one system to another, to another, to another, in order to achieve a single task. Uh, so I came on uh, you know, as a team of one and I thought, well, how am I going to do this research? How am I going to service all of these teams? And it was a lot like Julia from Moo was talking about. Um, but we came at it from different approaches. Um, so my first tip for how, how I did this was do it once, do it right. And so setting up the UX process and setting up for success. Um, <laughs> uh, legal also redacted <laughs> all, my, uh, all my content, even though I was just um, talking about the process, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so, um, so in this... Uh, 
so it, yeah, it's funny. It's funny that uh, this do it once, do it right, because I am very much a lean um, person. But uh, but what I thought was because I have so many different systems and so many different teams, if I can just do a you know contextual inquiry, if I can video record these these people while they're working, they're using all of those teams, uh, those systems in the context of use, I'll get a lot more insight. Uh, into the process. So even though I came on board and they wanted me to look at a single a single task and a single tiny little system, I said, no, no, I'm going to look at the whole picture. But another thing that I did that I think um, was actually quite good was I created a protocol. So rather than going to the business with a research brief and saying, can I get approval for this to do this research, I went to them with a protocol, which meant that once I'd circulated and got all that approval, I didn't need to go back to them in the in the future. So it's like, well, I've got a protocol, I can do research anytime I like, is what I'm thinking. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and, uh, and it was really great because also getting this protocol approved by all the people, it really um, helped tell the business that UX is here and UX is going to be researching with your users and this is what Lisa, uh, UX looks like. It was also very professional, which they hadn't experienced before. So really kind of saying, you know, research is a profession. Um, so this is an example of um, of me doing research, and this is how I de-identified my um, my participants. Um, but you can see here they actually have four screens, um, and uh, uh, but here I'm asking them to just use two, and I've got video cameras on two of those screens, and I've also up in the corner there I've got a separate sort of um, just an old phone that I was using as a backup camera, but it was all about going in. Watching them for a period of four to oh sorry one to four hours it depended on the user while they did their tasks and I was in another room with an observer um, and uh, then after the after they you know worked for a period of time we got them to come in and we rewatched the video and then they explained what they were doing at different points in time um, and so this meant that we could uh, you know we could get great baseline data we could do um we could do time to we could actually see how long tasks were taking because they weren't stopping to explain things to us um and uh it meant that i could reuse this on all these different projects because when i was just watching them they would do many different tasks um oh here's a bonus tip and <laughs> can anyone tell what this one's from <laughs> Um, but anyway, pay a lot of attention to your recording quality. Uh, don't uh, the, you when you're actually recording, think of yourself as like a uh, video tech. If it's not right, go back out there, set it up, fix it up, because you'll be you'll be kicking yourself later. Because y y this is how you're going to communicate uh, to your stakeholders. Um, another thing that happened. Uh, this this poor person was my pilot user and I thought, wouldn't it be great if I could actually see where he was looking? So I put a camera on his head. <laughs> um, and he, he was a great sport. Uh, but he did Google this image while I was recording him and there was a whole lot of staff behind him uh, that were laughing at him because he, uh, he felt really embarrassed. If you don't, that's the key master from Ghostbusters if you don't recognise it. <laughs> Um, so, in the interest of um, of not turning off my participants and getting a biased sample, I decided to ditch the um, the headgear for the rest of it. But I think in the future I would like to relook at doing um, 
uh, you're doing it with glasses perhaps. So I'm, I'm looking at a whole lot of different systems for recording this. Uh, protect your users from harm. So ethics, your responsibility, and we've heard some great talks about this today. Uh, so informed consent, uh, I come from an ap academic um, project before I went into UX, so I'm very familiar with ethics committees. Um, and informed consent is something that I've really always thought was a great, um, a great thing. So even for my, you know, internal users, I created this redacted uh, informed consent thing um, that, that went through and laid out a whole lot of different things, why we were doing it and frequently asked questions. And I really love the frequently asked questions. I've got some examples here because it was a way for me to really um, address the, their concerns in their words. Um, but one of the things that I did was I gave the users their control over their recording and I said at any time, this is your recording, this is your data, you can ask me to delete parts of it, you can, you can ask me to delete all of it, it's, you're in control. Um, and, uh, and I think a funny thing is when you give the control back to the users, uh, you end up being able to ask for more than you would if you were trying to hold on to that control. So I've always um, done that and, and I've never had it backfire on me. But if somebody did say, hey, I want to, I, I'm not happy, I did something and I think that it's going to have a negative consequence to me, I want to delete that, I, I would completely respect that at any time. Um, uh, the tip three is to find a mate. <laughs> Uh, analysis, lonely work, sad face. Uh, and this one... <laughs> I have to say, last uh, it's the first time I've ever tried to do this kind of thing and this was my first one. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like uh, Diane Fossey in The Jungle with the Apes, it can be really fun to do immersive research but it can also, insights take time. One of my challenges was as an ethical consideration, I didn't have anyone within their line of business uh, observing the live recordings, which meant that I didn't have anyone that knew what was going on sitting there watching the live recordings because I was just new to the company and it's a complex domain. And so that created a lot of challenges for me when it came to research because all I had to go on was, um, was what, they were, what they were telling me. Um, which leads me to my next um, part, which is identify the identifiers. Because that became so difficult, afterwards I would speak to people and I would say, um, uh, I can't remember, oh, yeah. I would say things like, um, oh, if you had a situation and this was happening and then that happened, uh, what would you expect to do? And so I was speaking to subject matter experts and, and um, you know, my sort of tier three support within the organisation. But by saying the scenario, I was, I was unidentifying the situation because they were able to easily work out that that happened two weeks ago. There was a situation where this happened and that happened. Um, so a friend of mine explained this as like that game taboo where you're trying to, you're trying to explain something but not say particular words. It felt like that whenever I'm trying to talk about research with my subject matter experts. Um, but, uh, but that's okay. I, I, I did get through it and now I have a wealth of knowledge and I can go forward and do this research and it'll be much better in the future, easier for the analysis. Does anybody recognise who this person is? Yeah, Crocodile Dundee. So that was it. You know how I had the de-identified 
green person at the start. One thing I did was, uh, when I first did it, I did such a good job that you could actually tell who it was by the silhouette. So I did, I went through and I body morphed them uh, just to make sure that it was really obscure who they were. Um, so they're my four tips for, um, for winning at research with internal users. Um, and I just have one other, and this was the last one that I did. I got pretty good by the end of the night. Um, <laughs> Uh, so this is show me the money. Um, but a bonus tip, everyone loves an incentive. Uh, so I didn't tell people, I didn't advertise this because I was worried that people would do it just to get the incentive. But, um, but when after the thing, I, 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 I did mention it. Um, but uh, when I came around, it was close to Christmas time and I was handing out $60 movie vouchers. Everyone was just, it was like I was um, Santa Claus. And so the, the employees are really um, happy for me to be doing research with them in the future. So, yeah. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this presentation from Design Research 2018. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.